You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, Bruce, it's good to see you. How are you? Healthy and alive as usual. As usual. Is there ever a day you're not healthy and alive? On a very rare occasion. You weren't but feeling I'm too still good. Alive, so yeah, you are still alive. That is, that is a good thing. Uh, there is some. Uh, th- there are some uh, some tornadoes going on just below you down in Texas, and I think there's one over in Louisiana as well. You say you've had some strong winds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no tornadoes. Though. Yeah, for the uh, uh, three four days now, we've had winds with gusts of like 60, 80 miles an hour. Uh, but I mean, not unusual this time uh-huh. of year, kind of. Have you have you taken the proper precautions during this time uh, to prepare for a tornado? Yeah, I was just actually standing outside looking at what was going on. So yeah, that's the proper well, no, that's, precaution. No, you're, here. No, so you, no, you're, you're missing you're missing the point. Uh, you're you're completely missing the point. What what I mean is, are are you doing what President Joe Biden is telling people to do uh, as far as getting ready for the possible tornadoes? This Let me be clear. If you're in a state where hurricanes often strike, uh-huh. like Florida or the Gulf Coast or into Texas, mm-hmm. a vital part of preparing for hurricane season is to get vaccinated now. Right. Everything is more complicated if you're not vaccinated in a hurricane or a natural disaster hits. Uh, Yeah, there you go. So, uh, Bruce, are you are you following along those guidelines of getting a COVID-19 vaccination for, uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously, you're not going to get hurricanes there. But he said any natural disaster, meaning tornadoes, that's a natural disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I am vaccinated um, and I, I stress the word vaccinated uh, because the COVID-19 therapeutic is not a vaccine. It's a fair point. Okay, about a year ago, we had the privilege of being joined by a very special guest. Uh, he is a uh, he's a funeral director in the United Kingdom. We're so blessed to have him back with us, uh, and it's great to have him back. And I I didn't even know that uh, you'd been listening to us every single day, and uh, and I appreciate that, Daryl. It's good to see you. How are you? Hey, how you doing, Johnny? Hi, Bruce. Nice to be back. Yeah, long time listener now. You, you, you're a part of my day and, and my routine. So what can I say? Well, it's a privilege to be here. Thank you. I thought that it would be only fitting to uh, to try and reach out to you again. I, I remember that uh, about a year ago when we were talking, uh, that if you really want to find out what's going on, as far as all the uh, the deaths everywhere, if you want to find out what the causes are and you want to find out what's really happening behind the curtain, because most people don't get to see that kind of stuff, then you should probably ask somebody that's in the funeral business and such as yourself. Uh, I've been seeing other interviews of uh, of other uh, funeral workers that are in the UK, uh, and I've seen uh, some of the things that they've been talking about. And I remember you saying last year that uh, you and your crew had been called down to London for to pick up a, a couple of uh, a couple of people. And uh, when you got down there, your question was, "Well, I bet you guys are seeing a lot of people down here. You know, uh, getting a lot of pickups and things at this hospital." And they're like, "No, no, not at all." So yeah, <clears throat> what, what's uh, what's changed? Right. Well, basically. Um as I said, you know, December last year, I think we, you know, you guys bucked the trend to have a funeral director on the show. Um, we didn't see the deaths and they weren't there. 
um, in the UK on all the the mainstream media. Um, it was all, you know, London is is overrun, and you know the London funeral directors can't cope, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And and as you said, we went to London. We actually had a funeral down London. We had to collect the deceased from one of the funeral homes there. Um, and I said to the chap, you know, you must have been overrun. You've been really busy. He said, no, no, no. That's what's been on on the news. I don't know where in London they've been, but certainly not around here. So <clears throat> I'm not going to say that was my first thing of saying, you know, something's wrong. Um, but that certainly reaffirmed that something is definitely wrong. In the area where I am, we didn't see the numbers of deaths. And, and we didn't for a long time. And then, hey presto, along come the vaccines. And deaths are changing. I can't go along the same lines as the funeral director for Milton Keynes, and his name escapes me at the moment. Um, uh, John O'Looney. Yeah. He's, what he says, for, for the most part, I can completely... I've found myself, I completely agree with um, the death rate he's saying has is, is gone through the roof. I'm not saying where I am has gone through the roof, it's definitely gone up. But the, the, the change is this sort of person that we're looking after. And the cancer patients is extraordinarily high as a ratio to normal deaths and elderly people. Whether that's a result of lockdowns and people not being treated or... I mean, I have my opinions, and please, you know, no one quote me on it, but I, I honestly am concerned that the vaccines are causing some of these cancers. Some of the instances I've seen of fit and healthy people don't smoke, they don't drink, they've got a healthy lifestyle, they've never had cancer in, in the family, and all of a sudden they're not feeling well, they go to the doctors and they're stage four cancer, terminal. How does that happen? I know it it can happen, and I, I do you know that there's, you can look it up for, for for many years, I suppose. But at the moment, it definitely seems to be an increase. That and the suicides, suicides are definitely gone up as well. You know, I I had heard a while back that uh, that there. I mean, it's it's been several scientific papers that have been out there that I've looked over that have theorized that these were going to cause an increase in cancers. It's funny you mentioned that because uh, I haven't heard anyone really in the anywhere uh, in the mainstream or even on the side really people that I pay pretty close attention to. Uh, they haven't really made too many references to that. But I had heard that about a year ago that mm. these were long term going to cause problems with uh, with certain kinds of cancers. And now I'm starting to hear that even more. Now, these people, you say that these, uh, and I, I don't know if you if you made the connection, I just missed it, but you say the ones that are fit and healthy and they're being diagnosed when they go get uh, screened, they're being diagnosed with stage four, it's terminal. Are these people that have been jabbed or are these people that have not been jabbed or do you know? Those details I'm not 100% certain on because okay. we're not privy to whether someone's been vaccinated uh -huh. or not. I suspect more than likely they have. Um, it just seems very bizarre and something that I've not encountered in the last 12 years of being in the funeral industry. So many cases where by the time they get to the doctor with, you know, pains or illness, it's too late to do anything. Quite often people will, will suffer. They'll go to the doctor and they'll be told that, you know, you've, you've got cancer and there's treatments, et cetera, et cetera. And, and most people thankfully pull through and some don't. But at the moment, there just seems to be... Uh, Sorry, we skipped the bit where we can help you. Um, unfortunately, it's, it's, we'll make you comfortable. 
Um, and there's just there's so much of it, so much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I did see that, uh, and Bruce, you and I covered this a, a, been a few months ago now, but I did see that due to the uh, the lockdowns and the uh, everything being turned into COVID as far as like the hospitals and things, people weren't getting the cancer screenings that they normally would. Uh, and I, I guess that there was a 10 year, there's now a 10 year backlog within the NHS of cancer screenings that are that are going unnoticed. And then of course, are, are you guys you guys are starting to I'm, I'm assuming that you're going to start mandating or at least the the government's going to start mandating this for uh, for NHS staff is that right is that I, I think I heard Sajid Javid say that the other day yes there's there's a lot of talk and and also for us funeral directors my job's being brought into question on November the 11th um, any funeral director entering a care home um, will have to display you know that they're they're fully vaccinated or that they're they're exempt from from the vaccines, which in the interim, uh, you know, for this, but until the twenty fourth of December, I believe it is Christmas Eve, nice nice day. You can self certify that you're 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 exempt for for whatever reason. After Christmas Eve, from Christmas Day, you have to have the NHS app to prove that you've your your vaccination status. So if you, as obviously I am, because I'm not having the the poisoning me um i'd have to go to the to the doctor to to try and ask that i'm exempt which probably is unlikely to happen so watch this space we'll have to see what happens but i'd sooner live in a tent than i would have the vaccine to be fair i think that's a general consensus uh, among a lot of people you know you i'd rather um i'd rather lose everything i mean that's that's what it's going to take here is it's going to be taking uh, that type of attitude in order to do this i mean i was talking to um Somebody I know here, he's a physical therapist, and uh, I go, I go, and I see him once a month. Then he says, "Look, you know," he, he told me last year. He says, "Look," he says, "I'm, I'm not interested in whatever it is they're going to be offering here." Uh, and being in the healthcare business already, uh, he says, "If they come around here and they start mandating," he says, "I've already told everybody around here." I says, "I'm, I'm not going to be doing that." He says, "I'll go live in the woods if I have to." He says, "I'm not, yeah. uh, I'm not, I'm not interested in in whatever it is that they're doing to people." Uh, and he says, "I don't want any part of this," and, and I'm the same way. You know, I, I don't want any part of this. I, I'm not taking any any of these ridiculous tests. If I can't go to a certain place for however long, you know, I don't care. Whatever. Uh, I'm not taking any of these stupid tests. I'm not taking any of these vaccines. Uh, I'm not, I'm not interested in in anything that's gonna uh, uh, that's gonna hurt innocent people like this. I'm not interested in that. Uh, that's just, no, that's not something that I want to be a part of. As has been said on the show many times, I am fully vaccinated, but obviously not with this current poison. I'm not against vaccines. I never have been. Um, you know, working in the industry, I, you know, I, I do you have to have, you know, um, your, your tetanus shots and, and um, your hepatitis B jabs. And I've had those. It's not a problem. They were tested. They, they've been rolled out for a number of years. And, you know, whether you believe in them or not, uh, that's fine. But for me, I had them and I was happy to. But on this occasion, with this vaccine, with all the problems that we know that there is, it's, it's not up for question. It's not up for debate. The facts are there. The vaccine isn't 100% safe. So I'm not prepared to, to take take that risk personally. Yeah, and we're seeing here in the States, uh, we have VAERS, which tracks any uh, adverse reactions to uh, vaccinations. Um, they're not tracking uh, anyone that's within the two-week frame of getting vaccinated. If you have a reaction, they don't track that because you're unvaccinated. You're not officially vaccinated until two weeks after. And most of the reactions to the vaccine are within that two week period. But some of the um, some of the reporting, they're not tracking things like seizures and those uh, 
uh, cancers and that kind of thing, they don't track those things uh, with this current jab. They, they, that, that isn't part of the side effects of it. Um, so that, that, that's been completely ignored. And we've, we're seeing data now that suggests they want to vaccinate the kids. Kids are more likely to have myocarditis, just myocarditis alone. They're more likely to have that than uh, they are to be hospitalized from COVID. They, they will probably have more problems with myocarditis than they'll know they're sick from COVID-19. That, that's uh, for the kids. That, that is absolutely despicable. And yet uh, we're supposed to just willingly allow our kids to get jabbed. And in some cases, they're jabbing our kids without uh, not our knowledge, without going through the parent or guardian, which is illegal. I literally can't get my head around um, the, the, the jabbing of the kids because they've come out and said it doesn't stop you from catching it. It doesn't stop you from passing it on. The fully vaccinated in some studies have found they're more likely to catch it. I don't know about passing it on. So why jab the kids? The kids are at such little risk from this virus. Why? And that, that leads a very dark question, with I, I suspect, an even darker answer. Because there's there's no no logic in in my mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's not been anything to corroborate any kind of well, I mean, who are we kidding at this point? There's not been any kind of ev evidence to corroborate any kind of scientific reason uh, to prove that kids have ever been a problem in any part of the world, let alone just the U.S., the U.K., or or Canada, or anything like that, or or Australia, where they want to do all this stuff. And I I, I noticed maybe it's maybe it's something that's. Uh, there's there's something. I mean, there's there's things that are going on behind the scenes that are, as you said, that are more nefarious that we're not seeing. Uh, I think there's a larger game being played here. But I notice that it's the English block: New Zealand, Australia, the UK, the United States, Canada. You guys are getting hit the hardest on all of this. You're getting hit with the the strictest mandates for jobs, apart from the Italians, right? The the Italians are dealing with that, but only for the port workers. It's nothing else. It's only for the port workers. I think that's to stifle the supply line coming into mainland Europe uh, from the Med. That's the only thing I think that's about, because that's going to choke off the supply line all the way up through uh, the middle of Germany. So that's going to shut all that down. All Southern Europe's going to be cut off. So they're focusing on the ports there, nothing else. The UK, you guys are being hit with uh, all these mandates. Now they're talking about coming after kids. Australia, they're hitting people with mandates across the board with everything. If you don't get vaccinated, according to the premier down there of Victoria, if you don't get vaccinated, you can't participate in society, period, end of story. Uh, and of course, now they're saying, you know, third one, and of course, the U.S., now they're saying third one last week, fourth one this week, just the last 48 hours or so. Yep, you're going to need a fourth one. You've got morons in America running around in cars like this. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't make this up. This is a smart car. With, you know how people have the for the for the listener uh, for the listener purposes this is a smart car you know how people have the just married on the back of their car that says just vaccinated and it's all decorated up like they just like they just went to a wedding or something it's a I'm assuming that's a drive-through vaccination center that's a pop-up because you see the uh, uh, the, uh, the the tent around it and you see the vaccine card being handed through there on the driver's side so I'm assuming that's what well it let's, is. let's be honest Johnny all this behavior with of people saying, I'm vaccinated, I'm having a vaccine, such and such, and, you know, having vaccine almost parties, for, for want of a, a better way of putting it. I honestly believe this is all a seed that was sown by the various governments. They encouraged it, and they, they continue to encourage it, because they know that certain people, are, to put it bluntly, are stupid, and because, oh, my friend's got vaccinated and made such a big fuss. 
it's I'm going to get vaccinated. It's the pressure. Yeah. It's, it's the same oh, way it's here. The, the pressure is just, it's unbelievable. One thing I wanted to ask you about, I don't, I don't know any of this. I'm, I'm not sure if, if um, you know, you're willing to, to answer this or not. You say that there's been an increase in, in your line of work. There's been an increase in the number of people that, uh, that you're having to deal with uh, in your business. Are you getting any responses from the families? I mean, obviously, you consult with with the family members. I mean, I know people back in the U.S. that are in the funeral business and, of course, good friends of the family that have always seen to members of mine that have passed on. And they always sit down and consult with us um, about, you know, what happened and, uh, you know, what arrangements do you want made and things like that. Are, are you are you dealing with any family members that are relating the passing of their relatives to uh, what's happening in society? No. And the simple reason as a whole, no. The simple reason for that is they haven't got the overview that we have. So for them, that's their their one loved one and it's such a tragedy and, and they're dealing with, with that shock and that loss. Um, but they, they aren't seeing lots of people you know, ending this way. Whereas for us, we are. So I can correlate you know the the deaths and come to some form of conclusion. But these families, they're they're often losing one loved one, or you know, I, I haven't dealt with a, a double family funeral for a while. But it, their world has fallen apart. But they're not seeing the bigger picture. Um, and obviously, we we as a, a business, we're we're dealing with that family, and, and the conversations don't really get that thrown around with with the the current situation because their world's just fallen apart. So the last thing they want to do is talk about politics and and COVID. So I'm not saying that there there is that families are making you know that correlation. We have had some families that have been very upset because their loved one have, has had COVID on their death certificate when they know damn well that, that that's not COVID that carried them away. So that's a, um, so they're actually doing that in the UK still? They're still listing COVID yeah, yeah, on death yeah. certificates? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And another thing also is is several years ago in the UK, we had a, a, a gentleman called Dr. Harold Shipman who whistled uh, little old ladies away by um, overdosing them with, with uh, I believe it was morphine or whatever medications to write himself into their wills, et cetera, et cetera. Was, uh, you know, he's one of the biggest mass murderers in certainly in British history, possibly, you know, worldwide, who knows. But after him, they brought into place that anyone that was to be cremated had to have two doctors certify cause of death. So someone passes away, their, you know, usual GP would assess them and say, you know, Mrs. Smith passed away because X, Y, and Z. He would then have to get another doctor from a different surgery to come and see Mrs. Smith in the funeral home, look at Mrs. Smith's notes to make sure that Mrs. Smith should have passed away and everything was, you know, as it should be, and, and that was a natural death. Because of COVID, they've scrapped that. So now we no longer have to have two doctors. It's back to the old-fashioned way of one doctor deciding that yeah mrs smith should have passed away that'll do thank you very much all because of covid unless the death is um in, in other ways suspicious then the coroner's office will get involved which inevitably more often than not the coroner's office looks at mrs smith's records and say yeah she was a bit poorly so we're happy to sign that off so uh, in the current climate because of covid and the way that they've changed the the way we we deal with funerals there's much more scope for someone to, let's say, um, be underhanded as far as knocking someone off this planet. 
what about um, what, what about your colleagues? Uh, are, are there are they all of the same opinion? Are you, are you all at a consensus as to seeing what's happening, or are they just there to do their jobs, or 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 what? Well, um, most of the people. I mean, we can all see it because you you can't not see what's right, happening. Right. You don't have the luxury um, of ignoring what's right in front of you. I mean, that's kind of the way that it is. Exactly. However, there is some people within the industry, or quite a lot, really who have still had the vaccine because they're manana manana. Can't be bad for you. The government says it's good. So they've had the vaccine, even though they know damn well that we haven't seen the deaths. And I, I, you know, I've had so many, I don't want to say arguments, but heated discussions. What is wrong with you? You know, you, we're not dealing, yeah, yeah, but it could be. Yeah, but you can see. Ah, oh, yeah, but you never know. Yeah, but I can't. You know, it frustrates me. It really frustrates me that there's people out there who are privileged, as we are in the funeral industry, to see exactly what is going on or not going on, as the case may be, or wasn't at least, um, who have still gone and had the vaccine. Do you know? And I said to someone the other day, I said, do you not think it's strange, you know, the, the deaths that are changing slightly? Oh, yeah, but this happens from time to time. Stop being silly. It's No, it's more than that. But people are invested, and this is the big problem. As soon as they have that injection, they have invested their health. They've offered themselves up into the 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 world of you know the the, the jib jab, as I like to to call it, and they're invested in it. And they have to say it's a good thing because if they was to turn around and say, "Oh no, actually, yeah, it's bad," well, why did you have it? Ah, I don't know. So they can't. So they're they're beating the drum the whole time, and it's so frustrating, so frustrating. They don't want to see it another way. They they don't want to see it any other way because if if they admit to what you're saying that it 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 isn't bad, it is bad, uh, or they made a wrong decision. Not only do they have to admit fault themselves, but then they have to play with the idea that what if I have side effects? I mean, so as a as a self defense mechanism, I could see it as a no, no, this, it, it's fine, it's a good thing, it's okay, because then you don't have to think about any of the consequences to that decision that may prop up. Well, <clears throat> I know of several people um, that have developed cancer since they've had the the jab, but no, no relation is given to the fact that it's the jab. I I suspect, but I've, unfortunately, we we won't know that for a long time because. You know, there's no relation. As soon as anyone's had the, the vaccine, no coroner, no, you know, as soon as there's a post-mortem, they're not even looking for a correlation. So they're not going to find one because they're not even looking for one. Which when you when you look at how the vaccines work and what they're doing, I mean, it it would make sense that it could cause cancer. I mean, it's it, it's going in and teaching your cells to do something different. Uh, and, and cancer is literally just free radicals. So, uh, I mean... This is a new technology. This this is an unknown variable. So this very much should be a concern uh, for the quote unquote elite and that that are doing this and the doctors. So I I I could see it at least to the, as a layman, you know, not not uh, being educated in that. Just on the surface, it seems like yeah, that should be a concern. Like that's something you should be looking into. Well, as I've said, I've got no hard fire evidence and everything that I speak about is what I've witnessed. Um, And I personally think that's the best way to go forward is, you know, what you see with your own eyes is real. What you hear with your ears isn't necessarily real and what people, you know, wish to tell you. You know, if I see it, then I know it's true. And all I can tell you is what I see. Um, and that's that's the reality. You know, I was having a conversation one night with GP uh, offline. And it was just the just the two of us. And I said, 
maybe you can help me understand because GP's on the, you know, for, for lack of a better phrase, he's on the inside and he knows how these things work as far as like development of vaccines and things. I mean, that, he, he understands all that stuff. And I said, explain to me how we can see this. I mean, I, I don't consider myself, nor have I ever considered myself to be anybody of any consequence. Uh, I, I'm just the average person. I, I mean, I, I don't, uh, you know, I, I go out in, in public and, and I keep to myself and I don't bother anybody. So I, I just, I, I try to keep to myself. And as you said, just, you know, go off and live my own little secluded way because we do this because we care. So why is it that we can see this and others can't? And he said, you and I have seen evil, you know, around the world and in professions that we've had in places we've been to, we've seen evil. And it's easier for us to to recognize that stuff. And it's exactly what you just said. I'm, I'm kind of I'm trying to relate it in my own head uh, as to, you know, bring it into line with what you got or with what you said there. And it's because you have to see what's happening. You've seen it with your own eyes. And so you're able to recognize it. You, you don't have the luxury of ignoring reality. You have to see it for what it is. And I, I hear these talks about, you know, the whole people use the matrix analogy, you know, the red pill, the blue pill. It's true. Once you take that red pill, there's there's no way to go back. That's it. Once you're in that position, there's no going back for you. Once you're awake, you're awake. That's that's it. So it goes along with that aspect. It goes along with with what you were saying, Bruce. They can't admit fault. People don't want to admit that they've been conned after they've been jabbed. They don't want to admit that they've put themselves in that position. So they're going to stay asleep. They're going to stay with that blue pill. They're not going to wake up. That's exactly that. That's the reference that I I enjoy using just because I like the movie The Matrix. But um, that's very much like for for me. Um, a few years ago, I was I don't know maybe six eight years ago, I was politically unaware. And once I became uh, politically aware and started seeing what's going on and, and kind of paying attention, now it's like uh, if I were to, I've, I've attempted to blue pill and just like, okay, I'm done. I, I don't want to, you, you can't do it. It, it, it's, it. it grates at you. It grinds at you because um, you know some of what's going on behind the scenes. You've seen it and it's, it just, you can't do it. it. It's not, you're trying to relax on the beach and you're, you're constantly just thinking about work or, or things that are going that, that, that's kind of the level of what's going on. It, it's kind of the happens. same thing. That actually happens. Yeah. I, I was, I was in France a few years ago before all this started and I thought it was bad then. I mean, hell you and I were talking about back then about how bad it was. And I was on a beach in France and I'm like, I can't relax. I, I just, I, I can't relax. I, I don't know what it was. There was just something about that trip. I'm like, I, I just can't, I can't. And that's that's the way that it is now. You know, I, I went out um, I went out hiking just over the week, uh, just over last weekend. And you know what? I I like to say that I had a, a good time because, you know, I was in the outdoors and all that stuff. I was breathing the fresh mountain air and everything. I mean, it was it was really it, it was really nice. But you know what? There were too many people. <laughs> I hate to say, hate to sound like um, hate to sound like Bill Gates here, but uh, you know what? I, there was just when you're outside and you're out literally out in a way and you're up on a mountainside somewhere. You don't want to see that 150 might be people. Fixed very soon, Johnny. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you don't want to see 150 people. You know what I mean? You, you just you, you want to be alone. You want to you want it to be quiet. And uh, and I'm I'm sitting there. I'm thinking. I'm like, man, there's just too many people. And I I realized what I was actually saying to myself. But no, you're uh, in the overall scheme of things. You're you're right. It's it's very difficult to uh, to try and just get away from it uh, because. Unfortunately, when you start down this road and you get down as far in as we are, if you get down and there's there's other ways to go. And I, I honestly, I, I, I do my best every day to stay away from that stuff. But once you get down this far and there's no going back, you can't 
you can't just turn off. I mean, sometimes we, we try to like turn off for a day or so or an evening or so, but it's really hard to do. It, it's really difficult to do. So sorry, you know, Bill, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Um, since since all the um, this started, I now view the, the, the media in a completely different way because there, there's always an agenda to every story. And once you realize that, and you you start looking for for where that road goes, you'll find that there's always something behind it, which, you know, before all this, I was just like anyone else. Do you know, you'd pick up a paper, you'd turn the news on or whatever. But now, no, a, a story comes up and I think, ah, why are they talking about that? Do a bit of research and you quickly find out, which is crazy. Once your eyes are open, they're open. Ignorance is bliss, though, at the same time. It's a um, not knowing you know, it before is. any it, of this happened, before we got into this and knowing what was going on, ignorance now, is bliss. <laughs> but now, yes, that's true, Bruce. But now it'll get you killed. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, yeah. you don't you don't have the luxury of saying, boy, I wish I could just go back to sleep. No, going back to sleep now will get you killed. OK, um, where, where do you guys want to go next? Well, I tell you what, I tell you what, Daryl, we've talked about we've talked about what's going on with your uh, with what you're seeing professionally. And I know you've been kind of throwing your own two cents in there, but uh, it, you know, as we kind of transition there talking about the media, what is your general sense because we're not on the ground over there. I mean, I know what I'm seeing here, Bruce, you know what you're seeing there. What's your general sense of what you're seeing when you go out in public and you're just going about your your daily business when you're out? I mean, what's what's your sense of the average person over there that's that's on the street in the UK? What what are they making of all this? The average person are blind, but I think people are waking up um slowly very slowly which i think i seem to remember when i came on last december i was hoping for you know an uprising in three or four months because i could see the truth and and how could you know how can nobody else and i'm in a privileged position i realized that um but people are still asleep they're absolutely fast asleep um there's a few people waking up and you know i speak to people that that you know obviously in the profession i'm in anyone that knows me is like hey daryl what's what's going on do you know what's busy do you know please help what's going on and it's like no we're not but don't get that jab yeah i i get what you're saying you were hoping for an uprising like three or four months yeah that's that's usually what uh i think that's kind of what all of us were hoping for and that's usually what would happen if everybody was awake but i think that people now are more awake than they were a year ago for sure uh that's that's i think that goes without saying uh one thing though Yes, people are still asleep, specifically about the UK. We saw when you guys were staying locked down, we saw what was happening in London. You guys were putting millions of people in the streets. People were yep. down at number 10. They were down at Westminster. They were throwing tennis balls over the fences down there. They were down in Trafalgar packing that thing to the rafters. And like that that was actually going on. But once everything opened up, people went back to sleep. Everybody got complacent. But... If they throw the switch and Plan B goes into effect, that's going to cause all those people to go back out. You had Sir Keir Starmer, who's tested positive for COVID nineteen today. By the way, uh, I'm sure it's I'm oh, sure he's asymptomatic. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sh- <laughs> I'm sure he's asymptomatic. He was in Parliament uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, of course, they're blaming it on the Tories not wearing masks in Parliament. That's that's why he uh, that's why he's got COVID. We oh, see their- but that's interesting because they they brought masks in for all the back house people. Uh-huh. Um, but apart from the MPs, they're they're allowed not oh. to wear masks because oh. obviously they're far more important. And right, yeah, sure, work that one out. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, well, the virus knows to just, you know, go right over top of them. It's like if you're sitting in a restaurant and you're eating a meal, then the virus knows not to bother you right now. It'll go to the... If I was the virus, I assure you, I'd pick out Boris Johnson, Keir Starmer, (laughs) and all those weasels in Parliament, and I would make a beeline straight up their nostrils. (laughs) So the virus, that's proof that the virus isn't particularly intelligent. Well, Boris has already had it. I mean, he was one of the first to have it. Then, of course... Uh, he's been, I think he's been triple jabbed now, wow. hasn't he? With uh, with saline, oh, excuse me, with um, with whatever, <laughs> whatever what he took. So um, yeah, believe what you will with Boris, bless him. Yeah. So the, I guess my point is, is that, that you will probably start to see uh, that resistance again. Uh, and I do believe because I'm following. Um, there was a group that was organizing over the uh, over the uh, last fall, or excuse me, last last winter and into last spring. When the lockdowns were going on, they were advocating for reopening everything. They were called the Great Reopening. That was the the name of the group. Uh, and now, in two days, in two days, two days from now, so October thirtieth, there is going to be another protest that they are organizing in London. So October thirtieth, London is going to be the next one. If I could make it there, I'd be there. Um, but I'm snowed under with work, and and getting to London for me is is a bit of a a nightmare. But I, I would definitely be there, and I. I support all those that are going to be in attendance. I think if they picked somewhere a little bit more central in the country, which I understand why why London, obviously, but if if London was more central in the UK, if that makes sense, they'd have double that again. The, The numbers you're seeing in London would be twice as much. Those of us that are awake and do know what's going on, we're pissed off, really pissed off. And those that are asleep, they're, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they get on and they don't really do much of anything, which, you know, I I just so hope that something, you know, the people do really infect others, wake people up, wake others up. And, and we just start coming around from this slumber because I can't for the life of me see, you know, that everything that they're, they're trying to lock us down and, and the more evil side of things, I just, it, well, it leaves me lost for words, put it that way. I think that the uh, protests that are in the streets, you notice that they're just simply ignoring them. Uh, when they were happening in London, they just ignored them. They weren't out there calling them super spreader events. They were at first, the mainstream media, they were doing their best to try and call them that. When you had uh, 40, 50,000 people show up in Berlin or in Paris or in London, then they could say, oh, yeah, there's a bunch of anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists and uh, and everybody else out there that's uh, calling for arresting Bill Gates and people in parliament. Yeah, no one's paying attention to them. That was a smear campaign. I think that they are. And when I say they, I'm talking about the powers that be. I think that they are so disconnected that they actually believe that that's all the resistance was going to be was just that. It would have been easy enough for them to marginalize 50, 60, hell, even half a million people. But when you put two million people on the streets of Berlin or on the streets of London or in Rome or in Paris, that makes them very uncomfortable. So they can't play it anymore as as far as the, the, the super spreaders. They want that that protest stuff. They want that to go away. The, the thing is, they can't call these events super spreader events because then they'd have to admit that there is a hell of a lot of people attending. And once you and uh, open everyone's eyes up that we've got, you know, millions of people that are taken to the streets all around the world protesting against these, you know, the, the, the mandates and the vaccines and et cetera, et cetera. Once you open people's eyes to that via the mainstream media, then you're creating more people to, to join those people. So they have to deny that those events ever happened because it, by doing that, 
they're convincing the sheep that those events aren't going on. No, you're you're exactly right. Uh, and as I was saying earlier, uh, you had politicians such as the likes of Sir Keir Starmer, Labour labor leader in the UK. He's in Parliament. He's in Westminster. He's calling for uh, Telegram to be censored. Well, that's where these people are organizing. So th- this is another thing that I think that they're. That this is another step in what I think that they're playing. Starmer's being used to go out and carry that agenda. So when they do put Bland B in, people can't organize. See, the problem with the internet is, is it's a double-edged sword. It allows them to control all speech that's that's on there, on their platform, such as Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. They can control all of that. If they don't like what you have to say, well, they'll just turn you off. They'll ban your account. They'll lock you out, whatever. Uh, that was the whole point of shutting down the economy because it forced people into the virtual world where they could control the agenda. But now... Well, I think what they're finding out is no matter what you do online, first and foremost, people are going to figure out a way to get around it. Okay, that's the first thing. The second thing, you can't stop word of mouth. That's the thing they can't stop, though they'd like to. At the moment, they can't stop that. And as you said, it's infectious. People infect other people with ideas. And I think that poses a very significant threat to them. I think at the moment, and I, I please God that I'm right, that they're fighting on too many fronts. And they have to, because there's so many fronts to, to silence, you know, a nation, a, a world of people. They're, they're, there's far too many fronts, I think, for them to succeed in the long run. And how long that takes, who knows? But they're, they're spreading themselves too thinly, because this is a necessity in order to, to silence the amount of people that they wish to silence. I heard an argument here recently talking about um, the more the government does this, the more they try to do crackdowns on free speech or they're, they're going after people for not having the jab or, you know, whatever the case is, they, they start cracking down more. It's only going to cause the people to rebel even more. And it's only going to ensure their demise. So, you know, replaced, I'm not calling for any kind of violence or any of that. It, it, it's just, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be taken out of office. They'll, they'll be removed or they'll be uh, special elections or the, what, whatever the case is, you know, it, it, they'll be replaced. I, I, I kind of, uh, I'm kind of starting to see it, at least here in the States. We're, we're seeing it with the protests in other countries as well. The more they crack down, the more they, they try to demand you do something and try to f- twist your arm and uh, make you do it. People aren't having it and they're standing up and resisting. And I think the more the government tries to do this, and as you said, they get spread out on all these fronts, it, it's just the resistance is going to break through and the government's going to lose uh, in the end. I mean, people are going to vote them out. And the, here in the States, we're having governors pass laws and, uh, and whatnot to counteract what the federal government's trying to do. I, I think the same kind of thing is going to happen uh, for Europe, the UK, Australia, all, all, all these other countries. I think the same thing is going to happen. Well, at the moment, we're seeing, and I believe um, you guys in America are seeing it as well, that they're saying that there's a shortage of lorry drivers and they can't get you know things through. Well, I'm sorry, but Europe are suffering a lorry driver shortage. We're suffering a lorry driver shortage. America's suffering a lot. I mean, how did this all happen at once? Did, did all the lorry drivers suddenly, you know, quit on the same day? Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. But they're, they're, they clearly want to stop the supply lines. And this is their way around it to to make up this, you know, driver shortage. And then you'll get the, the odd company that says, yeah, we're short of drivers, but we have been for five years. So why why make the fuss about it now? There's a there's an agenda behind it, isn't there? And once they stop the supply of food and etc. and uh, all the little things that we like, you then you you grind people down, don't you? And I think that's 
the the, the real that's, agenda. That's going to be what'll light the candle right there. That's that's what it'll be. I was telling Bruce last night. I said once once we can. I mean, you saw what people were doing last year for uh, toilet paper, right? I mean, you, you yeah, couldn't yeah. have missed that. Right now, if people are willing to th- have knockdown dragouts in supermarkets over one package of toilet paper in all countries, mind you, once they're willing to do that, what do you think they're going to do when there's one or two cans of food left on the shelf? What do you think they're going to do then? Mm-hmm. So I think that's when you're really going to start to see things really go into high gear. I, I think to, to your point there, and, and now that I'm thinking on it, why did all this happen at once? Well, it hasn't happened all at once. They're telling everybody about it all at once. Once everybody knows, and you notice they're driving that home and the agendas all across the world, they're driving that home. The reason they're telling everybody at once, it creates the panic, right? Once you have the panic, then more people will go into the, uh, what's already in the, the existing supply line and they'll dry it up. So when you've got that, and then of course you throw in shortages behind that, then yeah, it's, it's going to be even worse. But it's just like any warfare that we would have seen in the 20th century. But we're, we're fighting a different kind of war. The elites found in the 20th century that's killing people through the use of conventional warfare, militaries, things like that, it's a really nasty business. This is a little bit more nefarious. They've learned from their mistakes that their predecessors made in the 20th century. Now we're dealing with economic, biological, and cyber warfare. Those are the new wars of the future. They're isolating each country. You notice each country's been isolated from itself? with the COVID thing. You're not hearing anything about Australia until you go dig for it. You're not hearing anything about uh, the UK until you dig for it. You're not hearing anything about the US. You have to go and you have to dig. You have to figure out what's going on. And it's very difficult to keep up with. You're not hearing news like that. Every country has been cut off from itself and everyone's being fed. I, I don't want to say it's the same agenda because we're. it's basically it's the same script, but little things here and there are different. Uh, each country is being told it's, thing, it's a different thing. Hell, COVID here, Right. You've got vaccine passports that are in place. But if you were to flip on the TV here, COVID's gone. It's gone. It's like it never happened. The uh, the so-called health minister who knows nothing about health who's not even a doctor. He's uh, a, a former whatever for uh, uh, for for banking institutions. He says a couple of days ago, very quietly, that the state of emergency in the country of Germany and the pandemic are over. OK, well, what does that mean? Does that mean you're going to get rid of vaccine passports? No, the parliament still has to vote on it in another month and a half. Um, Do you think they're happy with the the, the rate of uh, uptake for the vaccine in that case? Do you think that they've reached um, their numbers? I, I'm not sure because I, I have it. I was reading some documents out of the Club of Rome, which is where a lot of this stemmed from, from the Rockefeller Foundation. Uh, they've got a new paper out, by the way, Bruce, you and I need to go over possibly uh, on tomorrow's exclusive. But uh, very, very interesting stuff in that. Um, I'll send it over to you. But the um, the numbers that they want to hit, they seem to be correlating with the types of numbers that they're saying in the mainstream media. And I don't believe the numbers they're saying. These are the same people that told us a year ago about all the cases in the hospitals being overloaded and the mass deaths and everything else. They weren't there. Those numbers didn't exist. I think the numbers of, of people that uh, were doing the uptakes, I think that hit a wall a long time ago. So now they're having to move forward with mandates and threaten people's livelihoods because people aren't actually doing it. I think you have a lot of people that are out there in the streets. Yes. But I also think you have behind each person in the streets, you've got 100 more behind each one that are at home that don't want to go out in the streets because that's not their thing, that haven't taken it, that don't know what to do. That's what I think you have. Uh, Again, that's that's just my guess. Maybe they have hit their targets. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people that are double jabbed. Uh, and and the, the other thing to that is, I know the people, every single person I've talked to that's double jabbed, and I asked them about a booster, you interested in going to get a booster? Nope. I said, we had our two, we're done. All of them seem to be saying that. So the booster program is going to roll out. And then 
where are they going to be after that? I mean, I think you're going to see more resistance at that point too. So as you said, I think they're stretched thin. I, I think what they did with this was uh, think of it like Operation Barbarossa, right? Uh, when the Nazis went into uh, into Soviet Russia, they were doing pretty good for a while. I mean, they were uh, they were gaining a lot of ground. Uh, they were re- they were really laying a thump into the Soviets. But uh, what happened after a while? That long cold Russian winter hit, didn't it? And their uh, their ta- their tank treads started hitting mud bogs and all the rest of it, and they were they were freezing to death. They couldn't get resupplied. So I, I think that's what we're going to have now. They're not getting the type of response that they want from the population, but they're moving ahead regardless. They're, they're doubling down. They're, they're showing no signs of stopping. Uh, and that's that much is evidence or evident with the um, uh, the push to now vaccinate the five to 11 year olds. So th- like, there, there's no there's no rhyme or reason or sense to do that. So wh- why would they? You know, now, now well, they're taking away the, people's here jobs. Here in the UK, because we're, we're currently on school half terms, they've set up camps for, for the teenagers to, to go um, to, to get their vaccine during the holidays. Because there's a yeah, uh, well, I say camps uh, in shopping malls, etc. They've camped out with uh, mass vac- vaccination centres for uh-huh. teenagers uh-huh. Um, because of school half terms, and they was the co- schools were complaining that they couldn't get the jabs into the kids' arms quick enough. So they've set these up during the school half term. So we're now bribing kids with uh, with pizza and live music and ice cream and everything else. Is that is that what's going on here? Get, yeah, get your jab while you're there. Have a fun day out. You know, Bruce, we saw them set up a, uh, in the UK. We saw them set up one of those things uh, for the day. I can't remember where it was. I don't know if it was in London or if it was in one of the other uh, one of the other cities. But um, they took over a park. Basically, they, they went they went and they took over a park and they had live music, vaccination tents. You got free vouchers when you got your jab. You could go out and, and visit the food trucks that were there. Well, that was really a that, that was a hop in place. Well, I think we saw one person there, literally one person. Yeah. Everybody else was just standing around. Yeah, well, this one I saw today was it just in a shopping mall. So people are doing the shopping, and while you're doing your shopping, pop and get your your kids jabbed. How how sick is that? I, I can't get my head around it. The the thing is, um, with, with all the lockdowns and all the jabbing and everything, this is the first winter that we're that so many people have been jabbed, and uh, we have the Delta variant, which is the like 99% of all cases right now are the Delta variant. The jab doesn't work against the Delta variant as effectively. It, this is the first winter we're coming into that flu season kicks up. I mean, for the northern hemisphere of the, the planet, this is when flu season starts kicking up. You start getting less sunlight. Um, it makes you a little more vulnerable to uh, getting sick. And we're, we're, so we're going to see how effective these vaccines really are. And and what's going to end up happening? Um, but and uh, I mean this this will tell us. Um, as far as what the governments are going to do, that'll depend on how the vaccine, how effective they work. Um, if and by that, I'm I'm meaning in both directions. Do the vaccines work in the sense of it's causing death, or do the vaccines work and that they're stopping death? Which way is it going to go? And that'll determine how the governments react. If if COVID isn't um, like we don't see these massive spikes. Well, they don't have the narrative they need to shut down and to continue the vaccine mandates. However, if the data we're seeing, uh, the the research and everything proves to be true um, and we start seeing an increase in deaths and an increase of cases of COVID and this starts really spiking up, government's going to crack down again and they're going to start locking down. You're going to see vaccine mandates uh, uh, like the passports and everything. They're going to just pick up. Uh, everybody's going to start trying to force it 
So this will this will be a this will be an interesting. This is going to be a, a big push. I, I think this winter. I agree, and I you know I'll I'll obviously keep you guys posted on how busy busy we get in the funeral industry. Um, but I was talking to a colleague um, the other day who is you know also against all these uh, the vaccines and things, and I said you need to hold hard because this winter when things they're going to get messy. They're going to get bad. I, I honestly believe that, and I hope I'm wrong. But if if we get as busy as I believe we're going to, people are going to have to really get a grip because it's not long before they start doubting themselves and think, oh, maybe I should get, get the vaccine. No, 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 no. Just hold hard. Hold hard. You know, I, I got a friend of mine who uh, who lives just down the road from you, and his missus went out and got the jab. He now, of course, he's not jabbed and he now has uh, he now has COVID. Uh, I was talking to him. Actually, he's recovered. I, th- I think he's just about fully recovered from COVID. And I was talking to him last week before he had it. And he says, you know, I'm, you know, maybe I should go and get mine. I said, no, I said, you, you'd be better off not to do that. And then I went through and I, I mean, I talked to him for maybe a good four or five hours. And I said, look, man, you've known me for a long time you know, over 10 years, I said, you know me for a long time. I said, have I ever steered you wrong? He said, no, you haven't. And I said, if you get it and you're not jabbed, I said, you'll have up to 26 times more immunity, uh, more defense against it. And he was, uh, he was hitting some vitamins and, and, uh, you know, dealing with bad pains and, uh, you know, he's had no energy and all the rest of it, but, um, you know, he's, he's good now. Another friend of mine in, uh, in Leicester, he got it. He was one of the first people to have it about a year ago and he's fully recovered. He had it, and his missus and his and his kids didn't get it. They were all in the same house, but he got it. He's now getting hounded repeatedly by the NHS about getting his jab. They won't leave him alone. It's ridiculous. I'm I'm absolutely certain that I had COVID right in the beginning. I was really quite ill. I mean, you know, really bad flu as as I'd describe it, but slightly different. Um, but at the end of the day. Someone said to me um, the other day, you know, about working in the funeral industry, do you, do you worry about, you know, deceased with COVID? I said, no, 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 not at all. Yeah, but you might catch it. Said, no, because in all the years I've worked in the funeral industry and we have flu come and go, we have, you know, different viruses. I don't get flu every year. Do you know, I've, in all the years I've, I've been working in the funeral business, I may have had flu once, you know, what I call proper flu. And I've dealt with hundreds of people that have died of flu. You know, with the, with the COVID situation, I, I treat it no different. You know, there's funeral directors, and I believe that the chap from Milton Keynes was saying the same, that he looks after all his deceased in, in respect and dignity as, as he always has, it's the same as I do. Um, and, you know, I'm still alive. I, I've not really been seriously ill, like I said, apart from right at the very beginning of it all. Um, yeah, do you know, and, and, and that's how we you just have to continue, don't you? The problem with all this is the fear. I think that's the, the biggest, that's, that's a bigger danger than the, the illness itself. You know, the people that we look after that, you know, have committed suicide and in some cases because they've been isolated because, you know, the the, the lockdowns and just being scared to, to go to the shop and scared to go about the, the daily lives. And let's be honest, those, the, the a lot of the people that, consider suicide they're already struggling to a degree with anxiety depression and so on and so forth and you throw in all these restrictions that we've had and the threat of a deadly virus during the rounds and the pressure that you must get your vaccine to protect granny and you must get your vaccine to protect your friends it's too much it is too much for some people and sadly they take their lives but that doesn't seem to get spoken about 
when they're offering up all these ideas of, oh, what lockdown should we have next and what restrictions should we put in place if, if the, the rates go up? And well, well, stop and think about these people that you, you are effectively killing by putting these restrictions in place. They don't seem to be getting a second thought, which personally I find that sickening because, you know, the profession I'm in, I care for people. Someone passes away, they don't stop getting looked after. The day I stop looking after that person is the day they're buried or cremated when, when the, you know, their body is no longer here to look after. But up until that point, I look after him. I always have done and I always will do. And there's no virus that's going to stop me from doing that. You know, I, I've always uh, I've always heard from from other people and, and I've always thought it myself that it takes a very special kind of person to be able to do the kind of work that people such as yourself do. And, and I'm I, and I, I really do mean that um, there's not a lot of people that I know uh, that are capable of doing that on a daily basis. And I know that society depends on people such as yourself to, to do that type of thing. I, I know a lot of people that couldn't do it. Uh, and the mere fact that you're able to handle the things such as you are, even prior to everything going to hell, I think that that, that gives you an even more, I, I don't want to say a cushion, but uh, it hardens you up to what you're dealing with now, doesn't it? Yeah, thank you for your kind words, Johnny. But at the end of the day, I, I'm a I'm a big believer that, that people are born to do certain things. Um, and, and my thing in life is to, to, to look after people that passed. And, and I love doing it. I, I, I take real pleasure in, in giving families the reassurance that, that their loved one is cared for until the day of that funeral, you know? And I do. I genuinely look after them, make them comfortable, um, you know, clothes, it, it, things that they found, you know, precious to them. We, we place with them, et cetera, et cetera. But I think you are right. It, it, over time, I don't like the term it hardens you. I think you become better equipped to deal with it. I think that's that's what happens, and and over time, especially with children and suicides, they're the two that that are really, you know, that that they're, they're awful. I mean, no death's nice. Don't get me wrong, but there's a real difference between you know your grandparents that have had a really fulfilling life and and they've been there and 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 they've enjoyed their life and they're they're tired and that's their time to go compared to someone that's twenty, thirty. Or whatever, do you know that that's a real different situation to be in? And at the moment, we're we're seeing more more people that that fit that younger bracket than than we used to, and it's it's concerning. It is uh it is very concerning, and I I share your uh you're right. Maybe hardened was a bad word, but I uh I, I couldn't in the in the moment I really couldn't think of anything else. But uh, better equipped is uh yeah it, it's much better, much much more um uh, much more gentle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I agree with you. The people that are perpetuating this. They have no regard for human life. None. I mean, that much is apparent in everything that we've seen in the last 18 months, uh, going on 24 months now, on almost two years. They don't care. They don't care. I was listening to, uh, well, the interview that, uh, that that you listened to of the uh, the gentleman from, uh, from Milton Keys. He was down at Westminster with the doctors that are not being listened to. And they were talking to MPs at Westminster. And they just said, well, we'll do what we can. And it's like they just they, they just don't even care. They don't care, not to mention, I mean, take the vaccine out of it, just the lockdowns and the social isolation. As you said, people can't can't cope with that. And so they're, um, you know, the, the suicide rates are, are just off the charts. The, the teenage suicide rates, the stress, the anxiety, the depression, the substance abuse, alcoholism, drug use, it's all off the charts. They don't care. They, they, ju they just don't no. care. No, they don't. And, uh, I, you know, I wish that these politicians 
could attend a scene, uh, you know, obviously when a youngster's taking their lives in their bedroom because they couldn't cope. And to see, you know, that person laying there and the parents, I can't even just begin to describe how out of this world the parents are in that situation. They're, they're, they're not. They're not of this planet at that moment in time. They're, the whole world is crushed. All because, I say all because, obviously they're struggling beforehand, I suspect, but pushed over the edge, if you like, because of these restrictions. And for what? For what? I just, I can't, there's no, you know, we're going to beat this virus. You're not going to beat a virus. How do you beat a virus? If this virus is out there, the virus is going to be out there for as long as the virus wants to be out there. Just going to, to say we're going to lock everything down, we're going to beat this, shut up. You know, have a word with yourself. It's ridiculous. But I can't be the only one, and I'm, I know I'm not, but it's it's really frustrating from our side of the fence to see what's going on and nothing's, you know, that these idiots in power are still on their, you know, their thrones throwing their weight around. It's it's. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah, it is. Okay, uh, we're we're almost at time here. Um, I I don't know. Do you want to continue? Is there, uh, it, we don't necessarily have to t- continue with uh, with COVID stuff. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, is is there anything else on your mind? I mean, I, you don't get this platform. Uh, well, it's been a year since you were on the last time. Is there anything else? I'll, I'll tell you what. We we can talk about this for a minute. Is there anything else that you want to say to all of our audience that are listening to us? I mean, we've got listeners down under. We've got people in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, the, all across the United States, uh, all across mainland Europe. What do you want to say to them? One thing I would say um, is I would call out for, for all my funeral director colleagues around the world. You know, you can see what's going on. You know exactly the state of play in your local area. Even in wider areas, the, the, the funeral profession is quite a small world, really. Speak to people. Tell people. That this things, you know, this 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 myth of of you know when coronavirus was here that that people were dropping down dead everywhere they they wasn't. Tell people that you know if you're experiencing the changes and deaths as we are here of you know younger people and and the cancers and things. Tell people, speak about it. Let's get this open. The the, the funeral world is quite a closed profession, I feel, and people don't want to hear about it. Well, at the moment, I say tough. I say you 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 have to listen. Do you know this is what's going on? Don't turn your 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 little square box on in the corner of the room and believe everything is spouted out of it. Talk to people, you know. But to, in order to talk to these people, like myself, we've got to open our mouths. And and I just you know, implore anyone in the business to talk to people and 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 get the message out there. Tell people that you know how it is. Well, as per our custom, we always give our our cordial guests the uh, the final word. Uh, and you did fantastic at it. Uh, I appreciate you being here tonight. Uh, it's been a real pleasure. Don't be a stranger. And please feel free to come back at your earliest possible convenience. We're happy to have you on. Happy to get your perspective. It doesn't necessarily have to be about all of this stuff. I- I'd like to talk to you about uh, about these morons that are gluing themselves to the roadways uh, in, in the UK, <laughs> these crosswalks. And now, now the government says that they're going to slap assault charges on the people that drag them out of the way. Those idiots chucking themselves all over the road are just, well... It's, it's beggar's belief. But again, we're, we're back to the to the old, you know, conundrum of this has been going on for a long time. People have just started chucking themselves over roads with, with banners and signs saying save our planet. That's been going on for ages. But what's changed is the media going, 
oh, hang on a minute, let's film it. Let's chuck this all over the papers. Let's put this all over every television channel. Let's get the, the MPs talking about it. And I'll tell you what, just for a little giggle, let's get all the global leaders together in a little place in Scotland and we'll have a little knitter-natter about, you know, the global warming crisis. And let's, you know, put fuel prices up. I'll tell you what, let's just ruin the whole planet while we're at it. That's a good idea. Well, they I, seem to be doing a pretty good job at that. Oh, gets me wound up. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, we're wound up every day. That's why we come on here and we do this. If you feel the need to detox, if you want to get something off your chest, hey, our plat- th- this is not my platform. This is not Bruce's platform. This is our platform. So if you want to come on here, that's why we created this. So we the Thank people you. could sit down and we could discuss these things. You have no idea how therapeutic it is to come on here and talk about this stuff. If I had no outlet, oh man, I'd have blown my stack a long time ago. You know, I, I would have been out there in front of the protests with an American flag strapped to my back, walking up to the front door, standing on the front lines with the uh, against the police if I didn't have a voice. I mean, that that's what you do, right? If you don't have a voice, you, they, they don't have a voice. So they go out and that's their voice. I get it. I understand it. I, I understand their frustration. I'm sitting here doing this every single day. I mean, protests are all well and good. I completely agree with them, right? That's, that's all about your freedom, uh, the right to protest. But the problem we, we're running into is... Uh, the people are going home at the end of the day. You, you go and you protest in front of a, a government building. Fine. I got nothing wrong with that. You go right ahead. Protest whatever you want, as long as it's peaceful. But mm. you're leaving at the end of the day. No one's listening to you. And I look at this as, a, you know, as our little protest here every day. Uh, and people listen. You know, people, people listen. I, I remember Marty came to me um, a number of years ago now when we were sitting down brainstorming the idea of about starting this platform. And it was just when he had returned from the Middle East and gotten back to the UK. And he said uh, he was he was looking at getting into uh, starting a political party. And he and a few other people were, were really seriously sitting down. They were writing out charters and, and things like that to, to really get that going uh, and to run uh, candidates to, to get on local councils. And I said, the way things are moving and the way things are going, I said, you're going to have a bigger audience getting into podcasting. I said, you'll have a larger audience. And when he comes on here, He's not just able to speak to people in his local hometown. That stuff's great, of course. I, I absolutely think people should do that. You should run for office at your local level and get onto your councils and things like that. Absolutely. Or, or be a commissioner or whatever. A lot of those positions actually go unfilled. A lot of people don't know that. But to speak to a global audience such as we do, uh, I, I feel I feel very, very privileged. I feel honored that people actually care about what we have to say. So uh, again, our platform's your platform. You come on here anytime you like. We're here the same time every night. Thank you. And I have to say, I love you guys, Bruce. I think you're, you're brilliant. And some of the facts you come up with are fantastic. And government's bad, you know. Um, but you. Marty, Marty, where's Marty? We miss him. Come on, get Marty He's- back. He's good. I just I did speak to him on the phone a few days ago. I need to call him tomorrow, actually, uh, and check in with him, see how he's feeling. Uh, but he will be back by Christmas. So. Oh, good. Good, good. Yeah. Like I said, I love you guys, but Marty's just, yeah, he makes me laugh. He really makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we miss his considered and informed opinion, and we know that everybody around here is welcome to it. So uh, we will be having him <laughs> back uh, very, very soon, uh, and we wish him all the best. Uh, but anyway, Daryl, I want to thank you for being here. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, please come back. Lovely. I love being on and I love listening to you guys and I'll come back definitely. And especially, well, I'll come back anyway, but especially if things change in, in, in the funeral business, I'll keep you on abreast of things. And yeah, let's, um, let's get the message out there and, and let people know what's going on. Bruce, uh, you got anything else? 
I'll, I'll just throw in so we don't, um, some of the stuff we were saying kind of sounded negative uh, towards like protesting and whatnot. Um, and I know it wasn't meant that way. Um, to, to just kind of throw in, protesting is one of the elements of things you, you, you can do. But when you're out there protesting, that shouldn't be, you shouldn't go home at the end of the day and that's it. That's it. Oh, I did my part. I went out and protest. Um, that, that's not all you can do. I mean, uh, both of our governments, uh, I think the, does the EU have FOIA requests? I know the UK has similar uh, FOIA requests. Uh, they kinda. do. Yeah, they, they do. But yeah. I mean, okay. no yeah, one it's probably really, a little more difficult. Yeah. It is very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know the UK and the US both have uh, a FOIA system to, to request documents and whatnot. You can get a hold of these documents and emails and whatnot that the politicians are, are sending to one another talking about the COVID stuff. You can bring to light this information. The, the thing about podcasting is you don't have to just come on someone else's show. You can start your own. Like that, That's the beauty of podcasts. You can go out and do your own and talk about the information you found. You can, you can get out the information that you're finding from the FOIA requests, from the, the protesting, your experience there. You can create your own community, if you will, to, to get this information out and to spur change in your communities. And, and you know, we've, we've talked about running in the local for local government seats and those kind of things, but just uh, being able to amass information like this for uh, even if all you do is amass information for others to talk about that that's that's huge in and of itself i mean so at the end of the day protesting is one element that you can do but there's so many other things that you can do that doesn't take a huge amount of your time to go out and and, and do these things so uh just just to be an encouraging go out and do something like it, it's not you know, I, I know many of us are, are busy, as you were saying, Daryl, you can go out and, and create your own podcast or go on to a podcast or share your experience with your local community or, or friends, family, those kind of things. Like there's things you can do to communicate these ideas and, and the things that we're seeing going on and affect change at your local level. Anything else? No, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say that was the uh, the hint at uh, okay. government's bad and K. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, cool. we'll go ahead and... I'm going to have to go, guys. If, yeah, you're good. Right? No, we're, yeah, we're finished. We're finished. So um, thank, thank you for being here, Daryl. It's been a real pleasure. No, no, uh, no. Please... Pleasure's all mine. I share you. Really good. Thank you. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. I'll speak to you yeah. soon, and I will listen to the podcast as I always do. Take thank care. you very much. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Nice having that guy on. I agree. It is nice. Yeah. Nice to nice to get another uh, another UK perspective. Uh, and that goes for any of our other UK listeners that have been guests on this podcast before. <clears throat> you know who you are. Um, you can feel free to call me uh, and we'll have you back. Tell us what you're seeing, because that, that was the thing that I, I, I really enjoyed about it is that is a perspective that we don't get to see a lot. Uh, like uh, that, that is a. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, people, as he said. People don't really want to hear about it, but that is a perspective we need. We need to hear is that they're even even there. They're not seeing the increase in deaths until now. So mm -hmm. and he says, along comes the vaccine and now we're seeing all these deaths. So, yeah, I um, I, I wanted I wanted to be I wanted to be incorrect. I wanted all this. The data we looked at to be incorrect. I wanted all yeah. the people that I've been listening to. All the the doctors like Dr. Michael Yaden, Dr. Dolores Cahill, Sherry Sherry Tenpenny, and all the rest of them. All these doctors that have been shunned, that have been talking about this and warning about this from the start. Dr. Robert Malone, the guy that invented the mRNA uh, vaccines of all things, not this particular one, but uh, he invented the technology for it. Even he 
has been talking about what this is going to do. And and it's this this untested stuff. I wanted the mark to be off on this one. And it's not. Yeah. All right. For those of you who have not signed up to our Telegram page, please do get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. We also do an exclusive podcast for our Telegram subscribers early at the end of the week. Uh, so get over there and get signed up to us so you can get access to that extra content a little bit early. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass this along to friends, family, known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcasts. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. That'll do it for today. Thank you for being here today, Bruce. Again, Daryl has already left, but I uh, want to thank him for being here as well. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.